There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. Alright, it's another episode of Saints Drunk History. You people, you donated for it, we love you, that's why they got the new computer. Uh, so, this month... We're doing the Saints 2006 offseason, and I figured out who, I was like, who do I need to get? I'm like, I need to get my boy who, f- up front, we went to high school together, Brother Martin Forever, right, Mike? But he does a podcast, yep. Booking the Territory. It's old school wrestling. They rewatch like, TBS Saturday Night and old school 80s wrestling. They rewatch it, and they do a podcast on it. And if you love wrestling, it's awesome. I don't love new wrestling, but I'm all about the 1980s wrestling. So I love it, Booking the Territory. I was like, Mike, get on the podcast here. Promote your awesome wrestling podcast. And we are going to talk about the Saints 2006 offseason because it started the Golden Age of Saints football, right? So, Mike, yeah. I'm like, I'm drinking uh, a beat. I'm drinking uh, Shiner strawberry, and I'm kind of drunk. Hopefully, I can run the new computer in this tapes. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Hennessy. I'm, hey, I'm a Hennessy guy. Yeah, that's, see, that's quality. I, the, the, the strawberry beer, you gotta, you gotta just drink it consistently. You start drinking during Astros game, and, and, it, and it gets you, and you, and you, <laughs> and you're there, right? Astros lost, by the way. Uh, so look, the Saints, 2006. You know. We talk about it, uh, right, as like um, the moment that it started at all. But it was it was 2006 was really weird because you know 2005 they had Katrina and Katrina was a fucking disaster, right? Like you had the people that you know Tom Benson, people that threatened him in a Tiger Stadium. But like it all got settled in and like the Saints are coming back. So like all that was like behind us. But it was still Mike of like. I felt like in 2006, like it was a really fragile state. You were like, they're coming back, but I don't know if they're fucking going to stay in New Orleans for five years. Like they're coming back. They got to get it right and they they better win. I mean, we were happy they were coming back, but I don't know about you, but I wasn't at all like feeling great about the Saints long term future heading into to January 2006. Let me let me let me let me tell you how it made me feel. So you know, Ralph. I mean, we we are of the era. Our generation is of the generation that remembers and has not fond memories no, of Saints football pre Mora era. So like, I think you and I and our generation is the last generation that really knows that feeling of what it feels like to just get gut punched by Joe Montana continuously, just being kicked in the sack and the nads constantly. So um, it was all, it was all just, it was all just sadness and Charlie Brown and Lucy, just the football just gets pulled out from under. That's all it was. It it, it was even of of joy. And even after the Moore era, we only had one playoff victory. So we still 
were like in the doldrums and we were still diehards, but we had never really tasted any type of success. So to answer your question, though, you're right. 2005 was just pathetic, um, you know, and I don't mean that in, a, in the way it sounds. It's just that there was so much storm. We thought we were going to lose our team. So going into 2006, I agree. I was just kind of happy and a little bit like elated that, OK, it looks like we're not going to lose them. So I'm just happy my team that I was born and raised and read and bred to root for as a diehard New Orleans Saints fan, I still have them. I, that was like my focus. Yeah, I was like, I'll, we I'll, got say this. I'll say this. You reminded me two two things about 2005 that we need to talk about. Uh, the only two things I really remember about 2005 because it was tra- it was horrible. I moved to California. Two the two things that stick out most is opening game they won in Carolina, right? And it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And it was this yep. awesome moment. They came back. Joe Horn's like ranting at people on the sideline. He makes like three catches. They kick the field goal. They win. The only other memory I have from 2005 is I flew home from California, and the Saints, I believe they played on Christmas Eve in San Antonio. And they were like 3 and 11. And they were like, it was them and the Texans fighting for the number one pick. Yep. And, and like, after like six weeks, I was like, fuck this. I want them to lose. I want Hazlitt gone. I want the number one pick. And look, you can say that I'm not a fan, whatever. You can root however you want to root for the Saints. But there's times where I feel like you need to root for the Saints to lose. We hadn't been there in a long, long time. But there's certain points where you're like, I want Ditka fired. So you root against them. So I was rooting against the Saints, and they played Detroit on Christmas Eve, and they were fucking winning the game, Mike. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you can't fucking win this game. You can't win this game because the difference between three and thirteen and four and twelve is like you pick first or second, or you pick like eighth. And I'm just right. I'm just ranting and raving in my house, my parents' house, and I'm like, you cannot win this fucking game. And it's like fourth and like 25 and i'm like detroit's not gonna hit this and the saints are gonna win this fucking pointless ass game and we're not gonna have any shot at reggie bush joey harrington completed the pass detroit does like a fire drill gets the 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 kicking team on and kicks the field goal and wins at the gun and i was like it was like the saints won the fucking super bowl like i was running around my wife my, my, my my mom at the time like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, all I wanted to do today was be entertained and have the Saints lose then. This is beautiful. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck does it matter if they beat Detroit? They beat Detroit or you get Reggie Bush. I'm like, you want Reggie Bush, right? But at that time, you didn't know they would have it. So it works out. They have the offseason. And before the draft, like, they got rid of Hazlitt. And I was a little bit surprised. I was kind of out of the loop by then. I had worked at WWL, but I didn't know, know too much sources. But I was a little bit surprised, but I was happy. I was like, they got rid of Hazlitt. It was time. It was like just underachievement. I, I felt like Hazlitt, with, with Aaron, you can say whatever you want about Aaron Brooks as a quarterback, but I felt like with Aaron Brooks and Joe Horn and Deuce all at their peak, like the Saints, they didn't win enough, and I was happy that fucking Hazlitt was gone. How did you feel about the Hazlitt era just being over when they got rid of him. Um, no, I think it was time. See, here's the thing. I didn't. I'm glad they didn't give him a mulligan in '05 just because of the storm. Because I think it was time, just based on what we had seen, the regression I felt of the offense uh, with Deuce and and Brooks and. 
and Horn. Hey, here's the thing, too. Uh, I, I think it's you on the show. I get confused sometimes. Uh, but I think you always talk about how a lot of a lot of Saints fans are kind of – I think some of them are in denial. Aaron Brooks was the number one quarterback the Saints ever had probably. Dude, it's not even well, – we can, I'm going to have – I mean, his stats, his stats prove it. He was like really – he was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we got Breeze now, so it's, it's not even competition. But, but like, you know, Brooks was really, really good. Good. I mean, he he's the first guy to win a playoff game. But so I I was not a Brooks hater. Even towards the end, I didn't hate Aaron Brooks. I thought he was good. But the problem with Brooks was he peaked like too early, and then it just <laughs> bottomed out, and then it yeah. was it was ruined. So to answer your question, I was glad they moved on from Jim Haslett. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Yeah, I mean, well, we're going to do a... We need... Like, Aaron Brooks is his whole episode of Drunk History, but like... Oh, most definitely. You can't argue that he's not the second best quarterback in St. You can... The argument is... Archie never had a chance to be good because the Saints were incompetently right. run. And that's the fair argument. But to say that Archie was better on the field than Brooks, no. But, like, Brooks, it was, it was you know, the whole thing. And they started the offseason. And I don't know who you wanted as coach. But I my thing is, 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 is coaches for teams, I don't like retreads. You know, I'm not a big guy of this guy won a bunch of places, so bring him here and he'll win. Like, I wanted this. I was like, the Saints, go get somebody young. Go get somebody that's hungry. I don't want to retread. You know, I don't want a Marty Schottenheimer or this. Or they interviewed Ted Cottrell to like to like do the Rooney Rule, and that like scared the crap out of me. I was like, not Ted Cottrell. The guy I wanted though, I wanted Mike Tomlin. I was like, he's young, he's cool, he's energetic. It'll be fun. Like, I, you know, like that's what I wanted. So when they got Sean Payton, I was like, eh. I was like, oh, the offensive coordinator for Dallas, the guy who got the play calling taken away when he was 
when the Giants went to the Super Bowl, they pulled the play calling duties from him, and the head coach took it over, and they made the Super Bowl. I was like, ugh. And he looked like Lee Harvey Oswald. I made a, I did a whole column for WWL making that joke. I don't know if they would let me do that now. It's a different time. You know? They probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't. They even had a little picture little graphic they did. I think it was a little too, like, now it's a little too sensitive. They wouldn't let me do that column. It was nothing but Lee Harvey Oswald jokes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shit. It's amazing. There's a lot of stuff you can't get away with just 12, 13 years later but he now. He, just, I stand by it. it. He looks like Lee Harvey Oswald or Frankie Munoz. But I was not I – how did you feel? I was, like Sean, Sean Payne, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like, yeah, it's a fucking awesome hire. I was like, eh. I'm a, I'll go back to what I was saying. I was so happy that it looked like we were keeping him at yeah, least for really this year. Care. That I was like, okay, this Peyton guy, it, let's give him a chance. I mean, Hazlitt didn't have a track record before we got him. He won one playoff game. And you got to remember, you got to put yourself in the shoes of a Saints fan back then. We had one freaking playoff victory in all those years. So it was like the bar was low. I hate to say it, but it's true. So when we got him, I was like, okay. And then I had a friend who was a Giants fan who – he was like, he's like, man, you know, they kind of, he, he felt that Peyton got the run, did a deal with that whole play calling thing. But yeah. he said, he said, he said, you know, he, he, he said, Peyton's a, he was a, he was a really good offensive coordinator. He had an imagination. I distinctly remember my friend Mark telling me that, a coworker of mine. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, you're a Saints fan, so you're never optimistic. You're like, well, we'll see. The only thing that gave me hope was Green Bay wanted him. He thought he had the Green Bay. That's job. true. So, yes, so yes, I was like, I was like, Green Bay is a well-run organization. So yeah. if they wanted him, at least at least he's not some you know third or four, you know he he's he's he the Saints are his second choice, but at least the Saints were on the right track. They weren't they were interviewing somebody that people other teams were interested in. So right, right. I, I, I was happy about that. Um you know and and, and the thing that that's funny is, you know, People remember, like, that Drew Brees was the first big sign in the offseason. It really wasn't. Like, Scott Fujita was the first big offseason sign-in they did in free agency. And I remember they paid him four years, $10 million, which now, Mike, you're like, four years, $10 million, that's, not, like, that's nothing, right? You're like, right. yeah, you're yeah. like what? Change. That's nothing. That, but at the time, dude... That was like a massive overpay because Scott Vegeta was just like a special teams guy for Dallas and it started for Kansas City and was nothing special. But at the time, you know, like I had left WWL and Kenny Wilkerson was still uh, the Saints sideline reporter. He was doing the show with Bobby Hebert and I would still talk to him. And he had said to me, he's like, dude, he's like. No one wants to come to New Orleans. New Orleans is 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 destroyed from Katrina. It's a wasteland. I it's mean, a wasteland. It's they gotta overpay. I'm like, I'm like, he's like, they offered Scott Fujita, like, I forget, I forget the team that won him. I'm like, Kenny Wilson's like, they offered him twice what the other team offered him. The other team offered him four, like, like, like two years, like, or like three years, like five million dollars, and for, the Saints offered him four years and ten. And that's what you had to do, man. You had to do, the Saints had to do like reckless overpay. Because think about it. if you're Scott Vegeta, you got options, and you got a wife, and she's like, "I'm gonna go to New Orleans. That's destroyed. Dude. I'm gonna Dude, go. I, to, I'm gonna go to Philly." He was a wreck. Like you gotta, you gotta say to the wife, you gotta say, "It's five million dollars. It's ten million dollars. We gotta go. It's like life changing money, or just like mass, you know." So the Saints are like, 
the Saints are just like doing a reckless overpay. But it, I remember telling Kenny Williams at the time, I was like, I like that. I like like the Saints understood that like Katrina like destroyed the city, and we got to do what we got to do. So I mean, that was fun. But do you remember? The, f- the moment you heard that they were in the Drew Brees sweepstakes, because I can remember exactly where I were, but but you tell me when you when you heard them, you're like, oh, they they're they're going after Brees. Like, what was your thought process about that? Um, I I had always kind of liked Brees because I even had him on a fantasy football team. I think in '04, yeah. I think I had him in '04. Um, so I liked Brees, but. I mean, I can't tell you I was super stoked because of the freaking shoulder. Because I'm, no, like, no. I'm like, it's just, that's his moneymaker. I mean, what am I supposed to do here? What if this guy isn't healed? So I was glad, but at the same time, I was, of course, cautiously optimistic. I, I remember I was driving um, either home. I know I was, dri- I, was, I was driving. I don't know what I was, I was driving home from work. My friend called me and he said, are they getting breeze? Are they fucking serious about this? I'm like, what? He's like, you don't, you haven't heard? I'm like, no. He's like, the Saints are going all in to try to get breeze. And I, and I was driving home. And I said, I'll, I'll text Kenny. And I'll see what's up. And I remember that I was like, yo, I was like, eh, he just had his shoulder like totally destroyed. Like Gerald Warren right. like fell on it, like, like just destroyed it. It's, it's in pieces. And I remember. I was at the time too. 2006, man, that was Leinart and Vince Young, and now yep. now everybody looks back and it's like, well, of course the Saints went with Breeze. That's obvious. No, man, at the time, Vince Young just won the championship, the college football for Texas, and looked fucking amazing. Leinart looked amazing at USC, although he, his senior year he didn't look as good. He's like something was wrong with him, and his shoulder was like kind of fucked up and never got better. But at the time, you were like, man, you go with Breeze, or you go with these two young, awesome guys, Vince Young and, and Matt, or Matt Liner. You know, you're like, eh, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I remember I talked to Kenny Wilkerson, and Kenny Wilkerson's like, the Saints are going to make Drew Breeze say no to a fucking ridiculous amount of money. I was like, what's the number? He's like, I don't even know. He's like, I'm trying to confirm it yet. But he's like, I think it's going to be 10 million, maybe 25 million guaranteed. And I was like, are you, because that, you know, that's 2006 money. With a bum shoulder. With a bum shoulder. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So he's like, like, if, if Breeze goes to Miami, he is going to turn down a shitload of money from the Saints. And I remember, like, that was like pre Twitter and like message boards news, but like, that was like, if you wanted like sports news, like you still had to go to like the sites, right? Like ESPN or WWE. Yeah. So I remember that day, just like getting on the web and just like refreshing the page, like a ton of times. And I remember, I think it was Len Pascarilli, the old CBS Sportsline guy that like broke the story, and and he was like, Miami, he flunked the physical, and they told him, go do your offer with New Orleans. We won't leak it that you failed our physical, so you can still get your money from New Orleans or whatever. And I remember, I was like you at the time. I was like, this is cool, but pro- I, 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 you know, the internet, like, the, you know, like certain like archives get deleted, right? And you can't go back. <laughs> the one people like will tweet old shit at me, like Mike, that I did and, uh, and that I'm, I'm wrong all the time. But there was one column that I wrote that is probably my 
favorite, one of my favorites ever, because I, I, I wasn't right that Drew Brees was going to be awesome, because I won't admit that I predicted that. But I wrote the column the next day, and it was basically like, Dear Drew Brees and Dear God. And I was like, listen, Miami chose Dante Culpepper, and the Saints got Drew Brees. I'm like, this is not going to work out for both teams. One of these teams is going to be wrong, and it's going to be a fucking disaster for them, and one of them is going to be absolutely 100% right, and it's going to be awesome. I said, please, God, let it be the Saints, because if it's not the Saints, they might be in San Antonio in three years. It's The Saints have got to be right on this, and I'm like, I don't know if they're right. I just know that this is not going to go – it's not going to go badly for both, and it's not going to go great for both. Somebody's going to be horribly, horribly wrong, and that column, like – I, I was, I was, I wasn't. I didn't know if Breeze was gonna be good, but I was totally right about that. <laughs> I mean, how did you like when they got like when they got Breeze? Were you like you're feeling on? I know you said the shoulder, but how did you like? Were you really pumped when you when they got him? Were you like yes? Well, see, by that point, here's the, here's the thing that was that was scary. Then uh, I was I wasn't like overly excited. I was like, all right, well, we got him. I just hope everything's good. The thing that was really weird though was thinking about the draft because I was like, I thought in my mind, I, I kept thinking at that point, Reggie Bush is going to go number one to Houston. Yep. I just kept thinking that he's going to go number one. So so the thing was, I was like, well, um, we got a quarterback now, so that means. I'm going to assume we don't draft Leinert or Vince Young at number two. So does that mean they go Mario Williams? Because I remember seeing all the draft boards like is this, people going to think this is crazy. But like there were a lot of draft boards that had Mario Williams as the top pick. And there were a lot that had Reggie Bush as the top pick too projected. Ma- yeah, so, Mario Williams like was like he was like a guy kind of like Davenport this year. But not, not even more so where like he gained – he went from like, you know, in January, he's like, oh, he's going to be like a top 20, 25 pick to like, he just like shot up the board. Yeah. You know, basically, he shot up. Basically, Mario Williams is kind of like if Davenport had played at LSU and had the same numbers that he had at San Antonio, he'd have been a top five pick. Like, yeah. It, it yeah. Because they looked at him hard, and they were like, like, Mario Williams, they're like, that dude is everything you want in defense. I mean, he got size, he got speed. He didn't really play that great at NC State, but he's still NC State, and he just like he was cl- like the whole off season. He just like was climbing, climbing, right. climbing. Right. So I was like, when you asked the Breeze question, I, the thing I, I was excited, and I guess I was semi happy, but I was still thinking about the shoulder. And then I'm going, okay, well that really changes the draft because in my mind, again, I was thinking all along, even though Williams was up there, I was like, there's no way the Texans. I'm, I'm thinking, no way Houston does not take Reggie Bush. And now, what do we do at number two? Fun. Like, so do we? Yeah. That's where I was. That's where I was at, knowing that we had Breeze. Now, here's the thing. Um, it's funny because Breeze's shoulder, I, I still like, <coughs> even after, even after the first year he was here and took us to the NFC title game, I still wasn't sold as crazy as that sounds. No, I, made, I know we're getting ahead, no, but I'm I made like, jokes about his shoulder during the year, but I'll tell you funny thought and this will, I'm getting drunker. This will make you want to drink more. The, the, the plan B for the saints, if Drew Brees had said no, was Josh McCown. They were going to sign him, and they were going to draft Liner. You mm. talk about the fork in the road. The fork in the road. One way went to, like, Super Bowls and happiness. The other one was a fucking cliff. Like, Dude, I mean, like, because, like, Drew Brees <laughs> said yes, and, like, 
McNeil was like gonna fly in, and the Saints like canceled the visit. So like, I don't know. Maybe Sean Payton would have found another quarterback between then, after that, and it would have worked out, and it would have been okay. But like, man, that is like. Like let's make that's a deep. two different extremes. <laughs> yeah, it's dude. like you like, know, it was like, that's like that's like me or you buying a scratch off where we win a million dollars versus five. No, it's like you owe them five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, I'm need but I mean, I was, I was, I was mild on Breeze even then. I was like, all right, well, you know, we needed a quarterback, so I guess we got one now. Let's see what happens with the draft. Yeah, and the thing is, they they went and they 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 you know they they didn't even think they were getting Reggie Bush because they signed. Remember, people forget they signed Michael Bennett, who was the old Minnesota yeah, running back. Right, that's right. Who that's was, right. I forgot who, about that. Who was the guy who? Who was up? He's kind of like his physical skills. Like he never matched up to his uh, his, his on field performance. Never matched mat up to his physical skills. But he was a guy where you were like, eh, pretty interesting. Another guy that like they 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 had to overpay. Um, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. I forgot about that. I'm glad you reminded me. I totally forgot about Bennett. I that that one slipped my mind. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, he he, you know, and he was he was another guy where you were like, um, uh, he's in, he got sentenced to five years in prison for anybody that's uh, as I as I wiki him, oh, so uh, his his career has not gone well, but like you know he had been a guy where like you look at him, uh, he in two thousand two he had almost thirteen hundred yards for Minnesota, but I mean those two thousand one to those ninety eight to two thousand three, four Minnesota teams were just unbelievable. But he yeah, had well. some skills, and he was a guy that started getting hurt, you know, and the Saints signed him. So, that, that like, Reggie Bush, like, it wasn't in the it wasn't in the plans. Like, they, they weren't even thinking that he was going to be there. And I remember another thing where, like, the Texans, I want to say, in 2000, like, they, they agreed to a deal with Mario Williams before the draft and signed him. Yeah, they did. They and, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, Oh shit! This is happening, and I remember like all day at work. I just watched Reggie Bush YouTube highlights. <laughs> like I was just like, because at the time I was in, I was I was working in the sports department at the Orange County Register, and for people I know you probably don't people that listen to this podcast that you know you're not from California, or whatever. So you wouldn't understand, man. When USC is going and is cooking and is awesome. L.A. is the Lakers and USC football. Dude, and USC Ralph, Ralph. football overtakes. When, when that season, I, I am not a USC fan in the least bit. Oh, my God, I used to hate the Pac-10 and Pac-12 now. I don't want to say I despise them the way I used to, but – you know, we had that whole thing with LSU and USC yeah. splitting the title. That, that you know that boy. But anyway, I was it's not bullshit. a USC fan. But, but but when that was bullshit. But when when Reggie Bush was playing at USC, I would purposely stay up late to catch his games because the dude was just unreal. The like, Fresno he, game. The Fresno game in two thousand five. Oh was fucking yes. he had like 600 yards off it was like bo jackson tecmo bowl come to life dude it, he, yes it was freaking he did a play ridiculous. where he ran one way cut it back went all the way back like the old tecmo bowl play you do with bo jackson where you run to the top of the screen and just go back around just, yes just for fun yes. and yes. he did it in real life and you were like i i can't fuck it. he just 
I, Dude, I he covered 300 yards on that play. I was like, I can't believe it. And the thing is, I'm like, the Saints are getting him. And the thing is, look, people look at it, forget it now. And like, look, Drew Brees and Sean Payton kept it going and, and, and they've had sellouts ever since. But the thing that drove the sellouts and made the 2006 season the first time the Saints ever sold the Dome out with nothing but season tickets, it was Reggie Bush, man. Oh, hell yeah. The, the Reggie put the, oh my God, they're drafting Reggie Bush. Was just that that draft party. I remember listening to it on the stream. I'm like, it was fucking bedlam. I had people call. My friends were going, and they're like, they're like, it's like, it's like people were like, it's like football jazz fest. People were calling me. They're like, yeah, this yeah, it was, is it was, crazy. Dude, it was insane. It was like Mardi Gras. Like I, I remember sitting there watching it when it happened, and it was unfolding where they made the deal, where Houston made the deal, and we knew Mario Williams before the draft even happened was was going to them, and you're just waiting for that draft pick to come down where they picked the picked Williams and then it's like we picked Bush and man my phone lit up like a freaking like Christmas morning man every freaking friend I had as a Saints fan back home was texting me oh my god we got the best player in a draft man we're going this is an it was incredible it was it, like pandemonium I remember my mom pandemonium. my mom called me up they guy it's like Reggie Bush I see highlights of him is he any good I'm like yeah I, this is the most excited I've ever been in my life mom this is this is amazing and the thing was another thing that's like here's the thing about 2006 that like you could believe in, in, in whatever god or whatever religion or you're not religion, but like the confluence of events that like went well for the saints was like reggie it was reggie bush you know who was the was behind door number two it was gonna be aj hawk Dude, at number, at number two was, i mean it was it was the perfect storm is what it was and the irony is you know it was a storm that freaking just destroyed the city uh, but there's no other way to explain it it was literally like you said a perfect confluence of just I mean, and it wasn't just Reggie that they got lucky no. with in the draft. I mean, I mean the, dra- the draft. No, and the thing was about the draft was, I remember a friend of mine who who's really knowledgeable. And he like the you look. I looked at the draft, and afterwards, I wasn't that excited. But the thing that had excited me about that draft was, I you love Reggie, and I knew Roman Harper from the SEC, right? And I knew I was like, yep. I was like, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be ready made. He's not gonna be great, but he'll play and you know what you're gonna get so i was like i like that pick the rest of it i was like colston whatever he's the seventh round pick jari evans i'm like small school i'm like you know i'm uh, bloomsburg state i thought that was a financial service i was like i don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> and then and then but the thing i did like about the draft was loomis he got jeff they traded they traded back and flipped picks with teams and got jeff fain at center and they got hollis thomas you know uh, yeah. And so I like the fact that they added veterans because the thing is in free agency that people didn't really want to go there and, the, and you can't overpay everybody. Right. So like at the draft, I was like, it's all right. But like and they got street and I was like street, whatever, Northwest, you know. So like you didn't think about it. Like I wasn't like I was doing backflips over Reggie Bush, but the rest of it, I was like, eh. Whatever, I don't know these guys. I mean, what do you That's exact, dude, that was exactly what I did. Like, when you, we were talking about, when you sent me, like, a, a couple of bulleted lists ahead of time, like, you know, things you just thought you wanted to touch on. The first thing I thought of when I saw all you had was draft thoughts. My immediate thought was, well, shit, those guys panned out. Colston, Streif definitely panned out. Evans panned out. Harper panned out. But damn, 
the only one I was excited about that day and that weekend was Reggie Bush. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie; he was the guy. Colson's no. a seventh round, you know, pick. I mean, come no, on. I forgot about this. We need to mention this because people, they will, people on the internet, you know, like not unlike me, where my columns and thoughts are up. A lot of them are up for the all time. People, they can hide because there's Twitter. They didn't have Twitter back then. They had message boards, and people could pretend like they didn't do message. They didn't say nice right, things. Right, right, right. Things. Let me tell you something. People were not fucking talking about Colston. People were talking about Mike Haas, the six-round pick from Oregon State. They sure were. Who were tearing? Sure he, were. he tore that shit up in college. People were fucking super excited about him, and they will lie and they will tell you, no, 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 no. I knew Colston was good all along, man. I no, saw no, 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 no. <laughs> it was Mike Haas, and people, and I admit it too. I watched the YouTube clips of him, and I was pumped about Mike Haas, and he was a fucking disaster, you know. But you know, they had. That draft, the only two guys that were bad were, were, were Haas and Josh Lay, the corn, the defensive back. Those are only two. Ninkovich was in that draft, but he ended up getting hurt and go, going on and being great for New England. But yep. I mean, that draft. I mean, that draft. The thing about that draft was, it, it was it, you know Zach Streif took moment, but like. Um, that was a foundation, dude. Yeah, that, that was a foundation. That draft set the foundation. Look, it's it's only it's look it's only a few players. The the thing is, it just took that little bit along with a the little mm-hmm. bit of luck in free agency. You know, with like guys like Fujita and Breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, there's others too. Like you know, Terrence Copper was a good like special teams player in free agency. Yeah. Omar Stoutmeyer was a freaking safety who started a yeah. bunch of games a year. It just took that little. It was those guys along with that draft that just like inch the saints along just enough to get over that hump and turn a disastrous season into something magical. But you're right. It's like just a perfect yeah. freaking confluence of circumstances. Yeah. I mean, the the thing was, um, you know, they added like Billy Miller and, and like you said, yep. copper who he, he would catch a hail. You know, the only thing I remember about him is he caught a hail Mary against Atlanta. Um, you know, but they had, I mean, they, they had, like, they, they had Jason, they had Jason Kraft still. He was a holdover. They brought in, like, Marks. You know, and that, that was a weird thing they did. Seminole, Seminole they, they, and, um, and uh, Shanley. That was the thing where, where you know, in 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 the summer, you know, we talk about the offseason. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include the summer, too. Like, the Saints were a fucking disaster in the preseason. <laughs> Don't let anybody fucking tell you different. And there's a, there's a there's a game where they played in Shreveport against the Cowboys, and they were so oh, yeah. they were so bad. Bill Parcells was like, "They're so bad, we didn't even get to run enough plays against their first team because it was pointless. Like this is a waste for us." And they, they were so bad. Like I feel like Sean Payton did the trade for Shanley at, at after the game. He's like, Bill, he like, what, he like I need a linebacker, Bill. Can you help a brother out? I need somebody. He's like, Bill's like, I got you. But uh, they did a trade during the training camp that, that that at the time I was like, what the fuck are they doing? They traded Dante Stallworth for Simino and a second round pick. Yep. And, and everybody was like, what are you what are you doing? Like, because Colston <laughs> looked terrible. Like, Colston couldn't get through mini, like, mini camp. He was like 
out of breath and like couldn't get through the practice. You're like, what are you doing? But at the same time, you also you 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 didn't. I didn't think of it as Colson being good. I was just like, they just want to clear out Dante Stallworth because Dante Stallworth was a, was a guy who was like, if he wasn't a hundred percent healthy and feeling good, he wouldn't play. Right? If he had any little nick, he wasn't going to play. So I was like, that's just Sean Payton setting the tone. And you got he you drafted him as one. You got a two. So eh, that's not too bad. Um, you know, but they were ba- they were bad in the preseason, Mike. They were bad, dude. That that. I will never forget, you know, because I live in the D- Dallas-Fort Worth area. I will never forget that game in preseason where the Cowboys just freaking slaughtered them. I mean, they, they took them behind the woodshed and just beat the dog shit out of them. And um, going to work that next day, and people were like, oh, you're Saints were in midseason form. I was like, dude, it's preseason. They're like, yeah, but they look like crap. I'm like, all right. And look, and I, and I look, Ralph, here's the funny part. I told them, y'all come talk to me when we play y'all in a regular season. <laughs> I didn't have hopes that when, when they came to Texas Stadium later on in 2006, that they were going to bring them behind the wood, behind the shed, and bust that ass 42-17. to 17. However, um, I was saying that on that day in preseason because they look like royal dog doo-doo. They did. 30-7. to 30-7. Oh, it was um, terrible. And it should have been worse than that, to be honest with it you. It should have been. I wish I had the game story. They don't have – it's hard to find the stats because it's so old. I tried to find it. I wanted to find the Bill Parcells – I wanted to find the Bill Parcells quote, but he was like, this is right. – He was like, this is fucking terrible, this team. We, could, we couldn't even get the reps. With the, We couldn't even get enough Dude, reps they, for the first – They looked horrendous. Let me say one more thing about that game in, in hindsight that's so <laughs> funny. If you, ever, if you ever read Breeze's – I think this is the game he quoted where – he 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 didn't the pass wasn't completed, but he says he threw like a 35 yard pass in this game where it was the first time where he like felt like he could let one rip. And it was like, all right, that felt all right. Yeah. Like and I was like, what? Yeah. Because I mean, thinking, he like, looked fucking he was looking terrible. Like player. I remember you, Kenny Wilkerson was like 35 yards was like Kenny Wilkerson with text. Bad. Go, Kenny Wilkerson would text me. He's like, he's like, Breeze. He's like, the shoulder is looking rough. He's like, it's not looking yeah. right. And I, I, jo- I joked in my pre. I found my preseason uh, preview for WWL the other day. I found it. Number one thing was don't let. Uh, let me read it. Don't let there be a breaking news box at the top of the WWL homepage saying Drew Breeze is out of practice. For, to rest his shoulder. That was my number one fear that like his shoulder yeah. wouldn't heal up. And it was like, that was, I was like, just don't, just don't have breaking news at the top of the WWL page that like Breeze is, is not practicing today because his arm hurts. Like, that's all I want. And, um, and it was, I mean, that team was bad. And, and I mean, I was like, if they, if they get to eight and eight, it's fine. You know, we won't go into the, to the, to the season, obviously. But then obviously, I mean, you look at it, it just like, Every like everything had to go like had to go right for them, and it just did. And you look back at it, and I almost feel like it's God being like, I gotta help them out. Like I just I gotta like I gotta help them out. Like we gotta we can't we can't have the Saints leave. So I'm just gonna be like I'm just like boop. We're gonna get Reggie Bush. Boop. Colston's gonna be awesome. Up. Oh, your draft's gonna be awesome. Up. Oh, you know you're gonna get fame. Like everything possible is gonna work out. Like it. Like you look back at it, and it's just ridiculous how. Well, it went. 
Dude, it was it was everything from getting I, I think somewhat lucky with Breeze, Sean Payton, to the draft just falling perfect for you. I mean, damn near perfect. I mean, only two people really ended up being you know people that you didn't really have that would contribute over the years. Um, the, the trades for for uh, Shanley and Simino. I mean, we look back at that as like, eh, but. Dude, they played very important roles, like it just in that season. Yeah. The the little things like the you know the Billy Millers, the the freaking Omar Stoudemire's, Fujita. I, I say little things, but uh, you know again, Terrence Copper playing special teams. It was just like a perfect storm. You know, again, Katrina ruined it, but uh, yeah. it was like a perfect storm, man. That like really led to it all. And I mean, I'm like you, dude. I didn't. I thought maybe from three and thirteen they would go freaking at best. Six and ten, seven and nine, maybe eight and eight. If you got another miracle, I never expected what we got. <laughs> Let's just, you know, obviously. No. And if anybody says they did predict that, they're lying. No, I picked, I picked the eight and eight, and my editor at WWL at the time was like, "Sure, you want to do that?" I'm like, I picked them like eight. <laughs> I picked them like eight and eight, and I was like, "It's gonna be eight and eight, and it's gonna be magical, and they're gonna get in the playoffs. Like it's like an eight and eight garbage team. Like it's all gonna fall right. Like I can feel it. Like it's gonna be. I'm like, but but it's gonna be like a Fun, like it's going to be a fun eight and eight because by the by the end of the year, Breeze is going to be healed up and you're going to be like, okay, we got a quarterback. It's going to be cool. 2007, 2008, it's going to be fun. And my editor's like, you sure you want to do that? Eight and eight seems kind of like kind of optimistic, Ralph. I'm like, I'm like yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's the thing with sports. Mike, as as I get drunk and drunk, and I really hope this podcast records. But you just <laughs> the thing is, it's like. You, you never know like how it's going to go and and people always look, look back and want to like make themselves an expert right i didn't know the main thing for me was like i think you you when you when you looked at it in the off season the the moves the thing that i liked about it was i felt like at least in the constraints of Katrina and everything that happened, they they still were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna be aggressive." And if that means we gotta overpay for Fujita and we gotta overpay for Michael Bennett and then trade him later, like they were still being aggressive. And I liked it that they didn't they didn't sit back and say, "Oh, it was Katrina and we can't really do anything and we just hire a coach and we're just gonna build through the draft and we just we can't like people don't want to come here and like they were like, "No." We couldn't got a coach, and we're gonna throw fucking Benson's money around, and we're gonna fucking make this <laughs> shit happen. And they did it, like, cause you know, I think a lot of teams, like Mike Brown, Cincinnati, would have just been like, oh, it's Katrina, we can't really do anything. No one wants to come here. We gotta rebuild. We gotta take our time. We gotta do it through the draft, and we can't really get free agents because they don't want to come here. And you're just gonna have to accept it. Like the Saints just were like, no, 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 we're gonna do whatever we fucking can do, and they did it. And I think you know they they deserve credit for that you know dude it it's really a miracle and they they do deserve credit because you can you can thank everything we've celebrated since that time i know there's only been one super bowl but it's been a golden age of success in my eyes because if you'd have told me back in 06 in that offseason hey here's the deal mike here's the deal ralph um, you're only going to get one Super Bowl in between now and 2017. Uh, but this is what we're going to do to put things in place. You'd have took that deal and ran. Dude, I'd have been like, I'd have been like, dude, <laughs> I signed. Do you want to, do you want me to sign? Do you need a kidney? Do you need like a, 
firstborn. Do you need me to name? Do you need my name me? Tell me what to name my firstborn. Do you need a testicle? <laughs> like I'm willing to do it. Like yeah. just just say the word. Like I mean, there was no, there was no, there was to me there was no expectation. And the thing was, they it was the goal. It was the golden age of Saints football, and. I just remember, you know, we're not going to get into the, to, the, to, the, to all the season, obviously, but the moment where I knew that it was different, and and and, and people say I'm lying or whatever, but that opening game, when they went out and they kicked a bunch of field goals, but you could you could just see like Sean Payton was coaching rings around Romeo Cornell, and I know you're like when you look back at it now, you're like, of course he fucking coached rings around Romeo <laughs> Cornell, and it was the Browns, but at the right. time, after coming off of Hazlitt and Ditka. You were like, oh, my God. Like, Sean Payton is clearly, like, coaching the pants off of Romeo Cornell. And it's awesome. And they squeezed it out, right? But at the time, you, it was just a huge epiphany. Like, like you were – I felt like they got a chance. Like, clearly, Sean, like Sean Payton knows what he's doing. And it's like, hallelujah. Like, when in 2006 yeah. – when in 2006 did you know you're like, okay, they, they got something here? Um, I, I, I kind of felt it the next week in Green Bay because they went down oh, 14, yeah. but, but but one, and then but the but the, I think I mean I, this is gonna sound easy to say now because it's like they were three and zero by that point, so of course they had it, but being in that Superdome uh, to see the the dome get reopened because yeah. I was there, uh, I mean I knew then, but uh, it, because you could really feel it then, but it, it was so emotional, but it, that that second week. Was was definitely because you got to remember we're from a Saints generation that never came oh, back yeah. from from, yeah, from, from like you from, you know Leeds. I mean, yeah, you were just like, yeah, they, hey, they won the week before. They won it. They're gonna be one and one coming home. This is great. And they just, right. And they just kept they kept going at it, you know. And you were like, you it know? was crazy. And, hey, and let, it, me, let me let me let me say this too before before you you wrap up. This yeah. is this 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 ties into this season, but also '09. You actually wrote a column in 2009 towards the end of the year, and I don't remember which week it was, but I remember distinctively reading this. And you you talked about how in '06 we were just happy to have football back, and we were happy to have the Saints. And although they got to the NFC Championship game, they lost. Yeah, we were yeah. upset, but we weren't crushed. And I remember you saying in 09, we can't fool ourselves. If we don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's going to feel really, no, really – it's going to hurt. I think, I think that was that was either the, the, the week – it might have been the week of the NFC Championship game, but there was a game – me and my wife went to the Dolphin game when they were down like 21 to nothing or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. going into the fourth quarter and the Saints were down 10. And we, me, me, you know, the thing is, tip, pro tip for people, if you can afford it, when you go on a Saints road game, buy the best tickets you can afford, because the better the tickets, the better the class of people around you. So we that's, had like, that's very true. That's we were like 50 yard line, like 10 seats, because the people that can afford the 50 yard line seats in the 10th row, they can't get nuts with you because they they're lawyers and doctors and they got money and they can't fuck with you, right? That's my especially theory. in an NFL stadium. Yeah, that's my theory. So if you go on a road with the Saints, stay at the cheap motel, but get the good ticket, you'll have a better experience. That's a tip from Uncle Ralph. But they went to the game and I, they were like down 10, and I'm like, I'm like, the, all the Dolphin fans are kind of nervous. They're like, what do you think? I'm like, we got this. I'm like, 
y'all y'all should be up like 20 and you're not and and the state's just gonna score on you and we're gonna win this game and my wife looked at me she's like i can't believe you're this confident i'm like it's gonna happen i'm like it just is but I mean, those are those moments, and and it all started like it all started with 2006 with the off right. season, and then like the 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 delineation point. That's not even a word. The 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 the, 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 the marker. It's a marker of like the Saints before before delineation. Delineation. Yeah, that's the word. That's what you're here for, Mike. The the word like the, you could you could do the Saints history before Gleason and after Gleason. But the thing was the off season 2006, and that's why I wanted to have you on, is because you look back at it, and if the further it gets away, Mike, the more I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Like you just look at it, and I'm like, how did how did it all just like come together perfectly? Like it, like it's almost like if you wrote it as a of a movie, people would be like, that's ridiculous. Dude, it is ridiculous, and that's why I get hot about people that when we've had these seven and nine years, and people want to criticize Breeze and criticize this and that. I'm like, I was like, you don't want Breeze no more. Don't fucking talk to me because unless no, you well, my Breeze is the early round. '80s. In the early 90s and mid 90s, do not talk to me about the the breeze criticism. Yeah, they I won't. ain't saying he's perfect, but don't come at me with that. And I can look <laughs> back to 06 and be like, you know, it's lucky we got this dude. I'm real glad we might only got one Super Bowl out of him at this point. Who knows if we'll get another? But damn, I'm glad we got. I mean, him. people are like, oh man, we we could get rid of breeze and rebuild it, you know, before this past year. Yeah, I'm like, man, you know, yeah. rebuild. Do you know how miserable fucking Three and thirteen, followed by four and twelve, followed by six and ten. Do you realize how fucking miserable it is? When it's, Most people don't know that, right? When it's That's like the, the middle of October and you're like, it's done. I'm like, you need to thank God, and we're gonna. I'm on the ride, breeze until he fucking his arm falls off. I'm oh, on dude. that. I'm yeah. on that band. Bro, I want him to be like, like you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I talk old school wrestling all the time. I want it to be where Breeze is like the dude who has taken too many chair shots to the head, and he's literally a corpse of himself before we get rid of him. And you know what? If that means riding him until okay, it hits rock bottom, great. You know why? Because once he's gone, the odds of it not hitting rock bottom are very oh, slim, bro. The, the, bro. You've said this before. You most teams don't go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. No, you go from work You that go way. from Jim Kelly, like the Bills, to twenty-five years later, they're still fucking looking for a quarterback. That's what you're gonna go to. Here's the thing, and this is a wrestling analogy, and then we'll get out of here. Wrestling analogy. What do they always say about wrestlers? The great wrestlers, you go out on your back and you lose your final match, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, the, I, the conventional wisdom in the territories was especially like that, where, you know, when you go to the next territory, or if you're done, I mean, you, yeah. You I mean, go out you, on you want to you put the young guy over. Yeah, I get you. I, I am perfectly fine with Drew Brees going out on his back. And that's <laughs> right. it. So, I, mean, it, I think people think that, like, cr like, crushes the memory. I'm like, hell no. If he goes out on his back, like you're describing, you know what? He still gave me a Super Bowl, no, something I never if thought they I'd win get. The, if they win the Super Bowl this year and get a second one, and then in 2019, in week six, he gets crushed and it's knee, whatever, and we get two out of him, and then it's like he's done because he's 41, and 41-year-olds don't recover from a blown-up knee or a blown-up shoulder. I'll be like, it was good. 
It was worth it. I'm glad we did the two-year extension. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care whatever you told me. They could have bridged it with whoever. No, no. It was worth it. It was beautiful, and I loved it. So, people... Booking the territory, you can find him on Facebook, you can find him on YouTube. He's helped me a lot with my our, our crappy YouTube channel, which we're trying to get better. Mike's been helping me. Go to YouTube, book in the territory, or Mike, you can Mike Mills, you can find him on Twitter. Uh Mike, you know, uh Mike five oh four Saints. Uh guy, thanks for joining me. Uh it's been fun. I, I appreciate it. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints history possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol.